Hello and welcome to The Creatives Project, where we talk about all things photography, as well as art and design, travel, and just life. Let's jump in. Hello everyone, welcome back to The Creatives Project, and I'm super excited for our episode today, episode number two, which is how I shoot film internationally and develop it abroad. So I've split this episode into three different parts, the first being an overview on how I got started shooting film internationally to what my camera setup looks like now, to number two, which is tips on how to travel with film and develop it while being abroad, and the last section, which is talking about the process of shooting film and how my mindset changes when I'm shooting film for personal use versus digital, and what I want to shoot in the future. So just jumping right into how I started shooting film internationally and what my setup kind of looks like now. So in 2021, I was traveling a lot and decided to bring my disposable film cameras abroad just because I didn't have enough space in my suitcase for my digital camera. And at the time, I didn't love digital photography and I only knew kind of like the disposable look of film. And from college, just bringing those type of cameras around, I knew they were really hardy, like I could drop them and they wouldn't break or anything. So I decided that would be a good option to document my experiences abroad. So I remember during 2021, I would bring basically one camera for every couple weeks that I would travel. Basically, like three weeks of travel equals one camera. So in Nicaragua and Costa Rica, that was one big trip that I did. And I just brought two disposable cameras for the about 10 weeks that I was there. Looking back on it now, I wish I brought maybe one more camera with me, but I think the limited nature of film also was super helpful in kind of honing my photography skills and choosing what to shoot was important. And so yeah, so that's what I did in those two countries, just disposable cameras, and I also brought a 35mm camera that could take... Uh, my own rolls of film, but that one quickly died. I simply lost it a few weeks into the trip, so RIP that Canon camera. Um, So I only have the pictures that I took on disposables for those two months. And then later that summer, I went to Jamaica for about five weeks, and same thing there. I took a 35mm camera that I thankfully did not lose this time, and also a disposable camera. So in those couple of travels, I realized how important disposable cameras are because like during these trips, I would be hiking, I would be on boats, like you need a hardy camera that you don't mind getting jostled around during these trips. Well, it depends on what kind of trip you're taking, but at least for the activities that I was doing, um, like I'm pretty sure in Jamaica, my camera fell in the water a couple times and the disposal cameras are so resilient. Like my photos turned out fine. Like there was slightly a tint of blue in some of the photos, which 
I talked to the lab and apparently it's just from like the water seeping in slightly into like the film chemicals but honestly the photos turned out great for the camera like being completely submerged in water and same thing with humidity or just any kind of weather conditions that traveling brings you definitely need a camera that can withstand those and like you won't be worried about like having to protect your camera at all times when you just want to be enjoying the moment while traveling so after those three countries i saw how important a disposable camera was but also i realized their limitations their lenses are really not that good there's no settings that you can control at all and the flash is just super bright sometimes and it washes a lot of highlights out and also you cannot change the film stock so like if you buy a fujifilm camera you're only going to be shooting fuji 400 so those things didn't matter to me at the time because i was so new to shooting film i was like basically picking up any camera they had at my local store before setting off to my new place but after Jamaica I just started getting way more into photography and during my trip to Ghana which was longer it was five months I brought a lot of different types of film with me so I think I brought maybe six rolls for a five-month trip which is kind of going along with my rule that I imposed for myself which is like one month equals one camera or one roll of film, which is still kind of the rule I shoot by today. It's not like a hard and fast rule, but I do find that every month I end up using one roll for just like my personal life, not any projects or special occasions or anything. And yeah, that's just the pace that I shoot film with, and that's different for everyone. But yeah, that's how I kind of paced myself and also helped my wallet because film is so expensive. So yeah, as I just got more comfortable in shooting film, I realized how I needed a more higher quality camera to capture the scenes and photographs that I wanted. So along with bringing a disposable camera along, I was also bringing the camera that I shoot on now, which is a Canon point and shoot. I think it's the SureShot Telemax. It's just like also a pretty sturdy pretty cheap to pick up camera i think it only costs like 50 dollars on ebay and it's easily replaceable in case like i drop it off the side of a boat again so that's just the setup that i personally like um during traveling like maybe for a shorter period of time where i only need a couple of cameras and again i want to make sure that it's extremely durable and ready for any adventure so that is the sh setup that I'm shooting with now. This is the setup that I took on my Spain, Turkey, Greece trip and also to Hawaii and to Puerto Rico this year. And the reason why I like this setup so much is because I can have two different film stocks, um, one in my disposable camera that I don't really care about as much because I can just give that to other people to shoot with or just my friends to goof around with, take it to the beach, don't care if sand gets inside, that kind of thing. And the other camera are more shots that I 
feel more intentional about and I'm choosing the film stock more carefully and the flash and quality of the picture is also much much better. My setup now with medium format has changed the game a little bit. So I recently got a Rolly cord, which is a twin lens, and the camera is a lot bigger and a lot heavier. I'd say maybe it's like two or three pounds. So super different than a point and shoot. And carrying that thing around, it has a waist level viewfinder. So I need to hold it at my waist and look through it, like look down at the big like square viewfinder. So it's a completely different setup and changes the game for me because number one, it's a different format. It's six by six. So really different from like the 35 millimeter. It's also more expensive for around 12 shots. It's about the same as a 35 millimeter, um, which comes with 36 shots. So a third um, of the price or a third of the pictures for the same price and the pictures are much harder to take and compose so with the waist level viewfinder i'm honestly still getting used to it since i got the camera only a month ago but the viewfinder is mirrored so whatever you see in the viewfinder is mirrored in what you see in real life so that was definitely trippy and hard to get used to and to load and actually take a photo probably takes around 30 seconds for me to find the light meter, figure out all my settings, and finally take the actual image without it moving away. So if I'm taking a portrait or something, I'm just always asking the person to stay still and be like, oh, bear with me while I figure out my settings because it do be a struggle. But the final images definitely make up for it. The medium format quality is just unmatched. It is such high quality compared to 35 and the process of taking that photo and carrying that beautiful camera around just makes up for it. I feel like people are more easily approachable with that type of camera. They're more curious about what it is and it just has such a different vibe than a tiny disposable or lugging my digital camera around. So yeah, that's my current film set up right now with those three cameras. Moving on to part two, how I store film, develop film, and the tips I have for traveling with film. So number one is definitely get some kind of like airtight, humidity tight kind of bag to store your film in. There's different types of bags you can buy on Amazon, or you could just use like a Ziploc bag if you want and put the film in like a metal canister or something that'll just protect it from light, from water, and all the elements really to shield it from anything that could damage it. Film is just a very finicky thing, so just making sure that it's completely sealed off from light especially is the most important thing, and also just to protect all the images that you've already shot. So if you're reloading film, just making sure that the film that you're taking out of your camera is protected and not just going to end up in the bottom of your bag while you're in the middle of reloading it during like a hiking trip or something. So that's my tip number one because I've definitely lost some film to light leaks or again just dropping it and never seeing it 
have the light of day again it's just so sad because you've invested all of this time into shooting this role and yeah you're just never gonna see the photos again that that's like the saddest thing ever so yeah just making sure you store the trip the film um securely and number two just like transporting it through security like during the airport so you can always ask to get your film hand checked, like patted down if you don't want it to go through the x-ray because of the radiation can sometimes damage the film. For me, anything that's below ISO to ISO 800 doesn't really matter if it goes through the x-ray or not. And I always shoot ISO 200 or 400. So I've never had a problem having my film go through the x-ray but yes if you're shooting above iso 800 definitely get it hand checked and also if you just want to get it hand checked anyway no shame in doing that um, you can just ask the airport security people to do that for you and third i'm gonna talk a little bit about how i develop film during the trip and also after the trip so it really depends if the place I'm going to has a lot of resources for film photographers or not, and also how long I'm going for. So for example, when I went to Ghana for five months, I knew there was no film stores there or I knew they were going to be very scarce. So I brought all the film that I wanted to shoot with me. And during that time, I stored it in the fridge to help the film just retain its freshness. So during that trip, I also took a one week long trip to London where I knew there were going to be film stores, film developing. So I took like four roles that I had shot in Ghana to London and had them develop there and also could replenish my film stock and see the new cameras that they had, talk to the film community there. And yeah, it's just really cool traveling and talking to different film labs across the world, seeing their processes and also just talking to photographers, whether it be film or digital, who live in that city and can show you around, show you all the good photo spots. So that's what I love about traveling and shooting with film because it forces you to go to the lab and have some in-person interactions with other photographers as if you're the only photographer during a trip it can get kind of lonely so yeah this forces you to speak with other creatives and just learn more about film processing in that city maybe there's different film stocks there it's just a cool environment to be in so in London, I got it developed at Shoreditch and they turned it around in 48 hours, which was amazing. And it really depends where I'm going. So for example, in Barcelona, there's also a lot of good options. I think Europe in general just has a lot of amazing film stores and people shoot a lot of film there. So it's often a lot cheaper. I remember in Istanbul, it was like a third of the price as it was here in Brooklyn, even with my film membership here. So yeah, just amazing prices, good people, nothing to complain about. But I think in depending on what country you're traveling to, it can get difficult to preserve your film and just make sure that whatever you're shooting with it doesn't run out and your camera has no malfunctions and stuff like that so just being aware of where you're going what type of film looks best where the film developing is you can definitely like search up if they're 
if there's film labs in the city or country that you're going to beforehand. Speaking of different film stocks, depending on what country that I'm shooting in, it's kind of fun to plan around the environment of which you're shooting in to what kind of film that you're going to bring. So for example, if I'm going to be in a country with a lot of greenery, so maybe a jungle or a mountainous country, maybe I'm going to do a hike there. I would bring a film stock that would complement those colors. So for me, I really like shooting Fuji film in green areas because greens on Fuji are super bright and punchy and colorful, and that's what I want to see in my film. So for example, when I went to Hawaii, that was the film stock of choice along with Kodak Gold, which is beautiful for like those yellowy golden hour tones. And that is also a beautiful film stock to shoot architecture on. And yeah, it's just depending on what type of colors that will be in the environment in which you're shooting. So if there's going to be a place with a lot of red, maybe like a deserty place or a place where, you know, where a lot of buildings are red or brick, maybe you would bring Cinestill. So just keeping in mind the environment and the colors that you want to bring out while shooting is super important when you're deciding what kind of film stocks to bring. And if you're going to a place where you know there's going to be a film lab there, you can always ask them as well and try out different film stocks there. So part three, I want to talk a little bit about the process of shooting film and just why I love it so much compared to digital, especially for personal work and for travel. And I think there it can be split into many different reasons, but one of the main ones for me is the intentionality that you have to have while shooting film. So on a roll of 35 millimeter, there's only 36 or 24, depending on the roll, but max 36 exposures that you can take. So for a month, I only will take 36 photos. So I think for me, just knowing that restrictiveness kind of forces me to only capture moments that are very special to me or moments that I just want to whip out my camera and capture because it's just too good or just forces me to be more intentional with my composition. For example, if I'm shooting a building or something, I will just stand in front of that building and I want to make sure the light is right. There's no people in front of it. The cars are gone in front of it. And you just don't have the flexibility that you do when you're shooting digital and have literally unlimited photos that you can take. So just having that restrictive mindset for me is a good thing because I don't really like editing photos. I don't like like going back from a trip and having like a bunch of photos to edit. So just having the 36 photos that I took from the trip being the capsule of memories for me is very special. And usually the 36 photos are pretty good photos because I took the time to compose them and really think about the photos that I wanted. Another reason why I love it is because there is no settings on my uh, point and shoot camera. So for me, that just releases a lot of pressure because I'm not fiddling with my camera settings as I would with my digital like, oh, it, the sun is setting like I need to make sure my ISO is right. My shutter speed is right. 
but with my point of shoot, I just literally take the photo because there's nothing to adjust. So having the like restrictions on that is helpful because while though it does take away some artistic freedom in how you want the photo to turn out based on the settings, it is also freeing because I don't have to think about that at all. I can just focus on the present moment, what's going on, and just capture that. And for travel, that's just especially important because I just want to remember that moment and how it was. And I think that's just photography in its truest form is film. And just having that moment captured on a film just becomes doubly special for me. There's this quote from The Secret Life of Walter Mitty that I think about a lot. And it's that scene where Walter Mitty and the photographer are at this like snowy mountain and the photographer is waiting there for hours to shoot the snow leopard and Walter Mitty is there with him waiting. The snow leopard finally shows up. It's beautiful. It's majestic. And the photographer is just staring at it. He doesn't take the photo. And Walter Mitty is like, what the heck? Like, why didn't you take the photo? Like, hurry up and take the photo before the snow leopard is gone. And the photographer just says he wants to enjoy the moment and the camera is just a distraction for him experiencing life and him just viewing the snow leopard and having that moment of seeing it in person. So yeah, that's something I think about a lot because like while you're carrying a camera around and just like it's always in my bag. It, it is a distraction to sometimes pull it out and want to document everything. And for me on film, that just has that distraction a little bit less because of the restrictions that I talked about. And I just document because I truly want to capture that moment, not that I feel the need to pull my camera out at every beautiful sunset sometimes it's just better to watch it and not have the distraction of a camera I think I'm honestly just getting started with my film journey a lot of times I still feel like a film newbie there's so many things I could learn and yeah there's just unlimited cameras out there film stocks are being released every other day and yeah, I just don't think film photography is going anywhere, even though it's been around for many, many years. It's just a super cool medium of art that I'm excited to experiment more with. And yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about what I want to shoot in the future on film. I think it'll be cool for me also selfishly to listen back on this episode and hear everything that I wanted to shoot hopefully come into fruition. Um, so the first thing is double exposures. I have been experimenting a little bit with my medium format camera with double exposures and that is something new to me since I can't compose double exposures on a 35 millimeter. But basically what a double exposure is, is taking the same photo on the same roll twice. So it will compose two images, supercompose on top of each other to form one single image, if that makes sense. So for example, if I took a photo of the Empire State Building, and then I took a photo of a forest, and then they would compose on top of each other to form this kind of like ghost image of the Empire State Building and the forest on top of each other into one single photo. 
It's a really cool art form that I have yet to experiment more with. And yeah, I'm just excited to do that in the future. I feel like there's so many possibilities with it in creating new environments and juxtaposing things together. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, I'm also excited to take a lot more portraits of people, especially strangers. With my Asia trip coming up in November, I will definitely bring a lot of film with me, more film than I've brought before to any other place. And I have some cool stoppages along the way in different countries to learn about their history with film. And I think I'll just be more intentional this trip about photography and how that works in other countries. Because in the past, while I've traveled, it's mostly been to document my travels rather than learning about the film and photography community that is there in the country so yeah I'm excited to meet some local people local photographers and learn about how they shoot film and what street photography is like in different countries Lastly, I want to experiment with shooting black and white film. I've shot a couple of roles this year and I've just had so much fun shooting them and I feel like the absence of color can make it look just so different, so much grittier and it really forces you to focus on the emotions of the photo rather than the colors of it and while both are good, I'm going to push myself more in shooting black and white. I used to think that shooting black and white was just so boring. Like I was like, why would I shoot black and white when I have color film available to me? And maybe this is my full Bushwick Brooklyn form talking, but I'm kind of seeing the appeal of black and white photography now. So that is my goal is to shoot more emotionally in black and white and see where that leads me. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Film is just so full of surprises and new discoveries and mistakes. And that's what I love about photography. The feeling of getting your film scans back from the lab is like Christmas Day. It's like waiting patiently for days to open your presents under the tree. The anticipation and the suspense and the happiness of seeing the photos that you created It's just the best feeling ever. So I hope this inspires you a little to bring a film camera on your next adventure abroad and experiment with different mediums of photography. Thank you all so much for listening to The Creatives Project and I'll talk to you next time.